traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. Good afternoon, equestrians of all breeds from all around the world. This is Scott Miller from uh, the International Equine Network in Delray Beach, Florida. We're coming to you live today. Uh, we're getting ready to talk about a lot of different things and everything. Our call-in number today is 323-744-4831. I'll give that to you now and so that you can call me all during the show. If you want to call, just give us a call. We'll talk to you live. We've got a lot of things going uh, here in South Florida and all across the U.S. And, uh, one of the things that um, we often get excited about is the season. Our, our season literally starts um, in November. Uh, horses have been coming down since September and, and getting down here for the good weather and the good horse shows and horse racing and uh, everything that uh, goes along with the wintertime here in South Florida. And so we're excited about that. So we're all ready to go. The farm's ready. The tracks are ready. The people are ready. I'm ready. Uh, it's it's going to be a good time. So you know, we encourage you to call us or, uh, you know, email us at uh, IENTV, uh, equinetv at uh, gmail.com. That's IENTV, uh, equinetv at gmail.com. Uh, at gmail.com. So you'll have to call us, uh, you know, email us on that. Uh, we're going to our, um, right to our uh, website, uh, first of all. Uh, today we have America Today at the races. It's live from various tracks around the nation. And you'll see who's doing what, who's winning, and, and things that are going on. It's a good program. We have that on. It's a, it's a five, a little over five hour, um, program that's live and everything. So that, that'll be good. Uh, then we have uh, our equestrian life made easier. We have several different uh, thing, items there that you can click on and go to and see who's doing what and how to make uh, your equestrian life easier. And then one of the things that uh, we wanted to add uh, this week was our equine business of the week. Um, it's uh, the Root and Riddle. Uh, medical, and they answer all of your equine medical needs. Um, it's amazing what they have there uh, at Root and Riddle. Uh, they have... Uh, MRIs, they've got uh, uh, scans, they've got, you name it, they've got it there. They can tell you what's wrong with your horse, and they have everything. So uh, we'd like for you to take a look at that, you know, and it's very interesting to see how um, Rude and Riddle uh, came about. Uh, so that's what we're all about here, is, you know, trying to uh, let people know about the equine industry. Uh, then we go, we're going down to, we're going to go through this kind of quick today because we've got a lot to talk about about the breeders' cup coming up uh, tomorrow and Saturday. But um, on our international equine events, uh, uh, we have uh, some really nice things uh, coming up. Um, for example, we have the FE, FEI Driving World Cup. As it's coming from uh, the Netherlands. Um, that's October 4th, and if you click on to um, our uh, link there, you'll be able to see it live. That's October 4th, and that'll be tomorrow. Uh, you know, it's really an amazing thing to see how they drive horses. It's unusual. You don't see that much on TV with it, but um, it'll be something that I think everybody would be interested in. Uh, the whole family could be interested in it. Then we go into our weekly programs that we have here on IEN. Um, we're not going to go through all of them. Uh, just going to uh, take a couple in particular here. One of the things that... Um, that we do is the International Equine Report, which is what we're doing today. It's a podcast that we do. And on this podcast, uh, it's uh, it's kind of, you know, me putting everything together and kind of just talking about, you know, the horse industry. And we're going to be expanding that. We're going to be getting into people to call in and talking to people. But how this uh, uh, IEN really started out um, was back in the day. Uh, we had Anna Seitz, uh, she was one of our reporters, and we did some programming uh, from uh, Keeneland Racecourse with some Breeders' Cup being held at. And we were following a horse called Reddy Zeko coming back from the uh, uh, from his uh, layoff that he had. Um, he was really a, a good horse. Uh, he, he did real good, won the Belmont. You know, it's what, it was really good. 
But what we do on International Equine Report Theory, that was our, really our first one program that we did. And it was about how you put it together. And if you go, if you watch it and you watch it to complete um, about 15 minutes there, it's how we uh, uh, film, how we do interviews, uh, the outtakes, uh, all the things that, uh, you know, that could go wrong, all the things that could go good. Um, you know, and camera angles and the people that you see and things that, uh, you know, surprise you, uh, both good and bad. So and that's really a good one. That, that's how an international equine network really started. It's a good little 15 minute thing and it'll kind of give you behind the scenes of what we're doing, uh, you know, with our programming. So I, I'd like for you to take a look at that. Uh, um, then we have a uh, flying turn. Um, flying turns, uh, it would be, uh, standard bread racing, trotters and pacers. Uh, you can call us if you've got a harness question, uh, you need a story from the standard bread industry, uh, you name it, just give us a call. But what, what I like about flying turns is we get a lot of live racing there. And um, on the 5th, um, we're going to have racing from uh, Germany, from Hamburg, Germany. It's live racing. Uh, so uh, take a look at that, and, and uh, you'll, you'll see it. And it's kind of interesting to um, hear racing or hear, hear the uh, broadcast being done in Germany. Uh, and they get very excited, and it's really an interesting language. I don't know much about it, but for those that, that might uh, speak German or understand German, it, it would be interesting for them to look at. And then um, the other uh, one we're going to talk about here real quick is called Quest for Equine Gold. Uh, we have the Longines FEI Jumping World Cup uh, live from Lexington tomorrow. Uh, and, and it's kind of ironic. We have all these uh, things going on in Lexington uh, UK football, uh, the basketball started, and we have live uh, FEI World Cup jumping uh, from Lexington and the Breeders' Cup. So it's going to be a busy day uh, tomorrow in Lexington. But um, the, the jumping in World Cup is just amazing, uh, the way uh, these horses jump and the courses they go through. And it's a good program. And, again, that will be live tomorrow um, from uh, Lexington, Kentucky, from the Kentucky Horse Park there. So we have that, and then uh, I will mention last call here uh, live. It's going to be on the 6th, which uh, is uh, Sunday. It's a November sale is when that starts. Um, it, it's a great sale, and you start seeing where a lot of these racehorses, um, you know, are bought and, and uh, brought into training, some uh, breeding stock, uh, uh, young horses, old horses, uh, you know, you name it, uh, it'll be in that November sale. That's really one of the best sales we have at the Pazic Tipton in, uh, in, in Lexington. Again, that's again on, on uh, Sunday. There's a lot of things going on in, uh, in Lexington. And if you know where you can get in a hotel room, call us and let us know because we've got about 20 people looking for hotel rooms in the Lexington area. So we'll ha have that. Uh, today, uh, also on our domestic end of it, we have um, the Longines FEI Jumping World Cup. Uh, that's today here live in, um, uh, from Lexington. starts today. So if you go and click on it now, you can watch that live. And then, uh, again, uh, you know, like I was saying, uh, we've got a lot of live good stuff on there today. We have the uh, Longines FEI uh, Jumping World Cup uh, from, uh, um, it's coming out to us from Italy. Uh, which that'll be on the 4th, which uh, will be tomorrow. So it'll be good. And then one of the things that uh, we're going to uh, talk about today is uh, actually two things uh, that we're going to be talking about. So we have the Breeders' Cup, which is coming up here um, tomorrow and um, Saturday. And the one thing that we, that we really like on our website is we have the Breeders' Cup uh, 2022 live. It's a 360. It's a virtual uh, uh, tour and it takes you right to the track during the races. It's all live. And it's a 360 virtual tour. And it's really great to get on there because you can literally walk around the um, uh, Keeneland facility uh, through this virtual 360 tour that they have. And, and it puts you right there. And if you, if you like watching uh, horse racing and and everything, and you really uh, want to be there, but you can't. Uh, this virtual uh, live 360 is really good. 
and I think you really enjoy it. Uh, I really do. And then um, we have the winning your end uh, Breeders' Cup races. There, uh, these are all the contenders for uh, the Breeders' Cup tomorrow. It's Saturday. Uh, it goes through all of them, and, and it's really a good segment and gives you a little insight on, you know, who the, who the horses are, who the people are. Uh, it's really a good little segment, and so I think you really enjoy that. And so uh, now we're going to get into uh, the how and the reason why International Equine Network came about. And I, I know I've said this before on, on the show, but um, in my experience in the uh, horse industry, um, I was excited about it. I was proud uh, to be uh, working for the people that I worked for in my career. Um, I was proud of every horse that we led over to the paddock for racing, uh, whether it was a cheap horse or whether it was a big horse. I always held my head up and uh, took pride in what I did and, and was the best that I could be, uh, hoping that the horses would be the best that they could be and the people that I worked with. And so uh, I just wanted to share that experience so much with people that uh, didn't know a lot about the horse business. And uh, it was kind of uh, interesting. Everybody said, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, you're, you're in Louisville, Kentucky. What about the Derby? They like the Derby. They look forward to the Derby, the Preakness, and to the Belmont every year. And then, um, of course, they had the, the inception of uh, – uh, the Breeders' Cup, and so you had really four big times a year that, um, you know, this would take national stage, and that was the uh, Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and uh, the Belmont, and the Breeders' Cup. And so um, I got to thinking about it on a lot of trips that I would take hauling horses and driving down the road and see the things that, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, amazed me in the horseman. And so I, I developed a, a company called the International Equine Network, which we're doing now. And I said, what could be my signature uh, stamp? Uh, would it be broadcasting races? Would it be distribution of equine information? Um, you know, just what would it be? Would it be a call-in show for radio or TV or and or TV? Um, you know, so there's so many things that we have here, you know, at our, at our disposal. Uh, the Internet is fantastic. It's really helped the uh, equine industry out a lot. Um, people can uh, have access to things they normally wouldn't have access to, you know, other than by phone call or actually being there in person. And so, uh, again, the International Equine Network is about um, equine information distribution worldwide. And it, ta and it covers all breeds, all countries. And so we started putting this thing together. And it's and it's formed up to where, uh, you know, I'm at the point now, and this is where we're going to go. This is going to be our format. This is our foundation, uh, our mission statement, you might say. But this is the way it's going to be from here on out on the International Equine Network. And one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to be able to make a big splash. I wanted to be able to uh, do something and with uh, stand up and be noticed and show what we can do here at the International Equine Network. And so finally, uh, over the last many years, uh, after getting all this information and kind of thinking what uh, we should do and how we should do it here at IEN, I finally, uh, on November 1st, decided this is what it's going to be. And so our big uh, debut, our big splash, uh, will actually take uh, shape next year, um, the Thursday before the 2023 Kentucky Derby. And that's going to be when we have a one-hour documentary that uh, we're producing now. Um, and, and the road starts literally tomorrow with King. So that's what that's why uh, we're going to talk about right here, right now. It's called How They Get There, the 2023 Kentucky Derby. And what we do is, is we show the audience and our uh, equestrians, and you don't even have to be an equestrian to watch this. It's going to be very good. It's going to be a, an excellent story for the non-horse people to understand more about the equestrian industry. Um, how they get there, uh, was, the journey starts with the owner. Uh, we go behind the scenes and we talk to owners, and uh, we're going to find out exactly why they want to go to the Derby and what they have to do to go to the Derby. And nine times out of ten, 
or 11 times out of 10, I should say, when you talk to the owners, that's, you know, like we said, that's where the journey starts with the owner. And he comes in and uh, he has to make decisions like, uh, do, do I want to run in the derby? Uh, what horse do I buy? Uh, how much do I spend? Uh, what's going to be the journey to get us to the Kentucky Derby? And so after he sits down and he thinks about all these things and probably talks to, you know, any partners or to the wife or to, you know, a lot of people about whether he, he decides to do it, uh, you know, he makes the decision to go ahead and start pointing towards the Kentucky Derby. And the first thing that he has to do is get a trainer. That's the most uh, crucial point uh, for the journey to the Kentucky Derby. You've got to get a, a trainer that's uh, a knowledgeable a trainer that's experienced uh, that runs a good operation and, and that that's quite a process to go through because uh, the owners need to uh, meet you know the trainer in person uh, he needs to go to uh, uh, the racetrack and see the trainer's operation uh, see his staff and see how he does and then you look at his record and see how many uh, uh, races that he's won uh, where he's raced at and has he won any big races uh, like the Breeders' Cups or the Derby, Preakness, or Belmont? You, you take all those into consideration, and then once you've selected your trainer, you sit down and you start talking about the road to the Kentucky Derby, that journey that started with the owner. And there's a lot of things to do. And the following things that, that I'm getting ready to tell you about are things that, that you can take care of when you initially start that journey. And when I, when I say uh, take care of, it meaning that uh, you go in and it's pretty much a, a one-time deal uh, that you go in and, and uh, then you do monthly maintenance on it, on each one of the following uh, segments that we're getting ready to talk about. And the first uh, uh, thing that's most uh, important is the equine transportation. Uh, a lot of these uh, equine transporters can get booked up pretty quick. And, you know, you're scrambling uh, maybe in April or May to get a horse uh, to Churchill, you know, for the Derby. And, and you can take care of that by starting, uh, you know, how they get there right off the bat. And that's equine transportation. Uh, Brookledge is one of the uh, best uh, horse transport companies that, uh, that's ever been around. Uh, they're very professional. Uh, their equipment is uh, excellent, uh, maintained and they know how to get a horse there. And they ride in comfort, and they've got uh, quality, uh, experienced personnel to do it. And so that's why um, we're looking uh, uh, at Brookledge uh, Horse Man. Uh, fantastic people. They transport a lot of derby winners and triple crown winners. Uh, they're very good at what they do. So this owner sits down with them, a company like Brookledge, and says, okay, uh, you know, uh, Brad Gottwalls is the owner, and he and he, he said, he tell Brad, tell so Brad, we're pointed for the Derby. And what we're going to be doing is we're probably going to be running in, in Florida to start out with, you know, in the wintertime. And we'll be based out of Florida for the winter. And uh, then from that, that point on, um, there's a possibility that we'll run in Tampa in Florida or just stay, you know, like at Gulfstream. But if you're going to run over to Tampa, uh, you're great to shuttle a horse over and they can get you there. And so they know to put in their schedule that uh, here coming up we're going to have, um, you know, uh, um, an owner or a trainer that's going to be racing in Tampa. So they put that on there. And then you explain to them, uh, depending on how, how we're doing in Florida, there's a possibility that we could be going to uh, uh, Oakland Park in Hot Springs, Arkansas, or we could be going down to the fairgrounds in New Orleans. And uh, we can... Uh, be, uh, you know, going out to California, uh, be going back to New York, uh, be going back to Kentucky, uh, you know, to get some of these races. So, so you kind of give them the layout of where, you know, where your plans are going uh, and how you're going to get them there. And one of the ways is with work then, then we said, and that's a one-time deal. Then after, after you uh, tell them, you know, and explain to them where you're going, then it's just a phone call of maintenance. Uh, you know, you call them up and you give them a week or two's notice about where you're going, and, and they know that you're, you're right there and ready to go, you know, with them. Uh, so that, that's when you do that. And you do the same thing with the blacksmith. Um, the blacksmith is very important. 
And uh, we're talking uh, about a guy like Steve Norman, who's one of the best blacksmiths ever to get on the backside of a racetrack and underneath a horse. Uh, Steve's good. Um, he, he knows his business. And when you have Steve uh, Norman um, taking care of your horses, you don't have to worry about anything. He sees things and does things. Um, that, that gets the horses there, and he, he shot a lot of a lot of big time winners. And Steve is really a, a good a good person, and he's a, even a better blacksmith. And, and that's what I always tell people when I talk about Steve. I've known him for a long time. So you talk to Steve and say, Steve, I'm going to be in Florida. Um, you know, might be in Hot Springs, might be here, here, and here. And so what you do is you set up appointments with Steve to. Uh, uh, schedule your horses to be shod, and most thoroughbreds are shod every uh, four weeks, five weeks, somewhere along in there, depending on, you know, what Steve uh, thinks needs to be done with the horses. And uh, so you you kind of get on that schedule, and then you can let him know that, uh, for example, we're going to be uh, January and February and, um, in Florida, and then we're going to go, I plan on going to the Hot Springs, Arkansas, and then New Orleans. And then that way he's telling you dates that you're going to be there and he can make sure before your horse leaves that, um, you know, he's all taken care of. And then there might be times that uh, you have to uh, bring Steve to wherever you're going to race at him. You know, when, when we're talking about something as important as the journey to the Kentucky Derby. And so you, you get with him and so he knows and, and he, he, he kind of gets you all um, you know, in his mind what he can do for you and what, where he's going to be. And then the next thing that we go to is the feed. Uh, we're uh, talking about hallway feeds. Hallway feeds is based out of Lexington, Kentucky, and they are one of the best feed companies in the world. They feed horses all over the world. And you can call the, the folks at hallway feed and you can explain to them uh, what you have and and, uh, you know, how many horses you have. You can talk to them either about the whole group of horses or you can talk about to them individual, on an individual basis. And they have uh, a feed that um, they can recommend for each horse's individual need as well as a group of horses. And so that's what I like about them. They manufacture right there in, uh, in Lexington. Uh, they're great people to be around. And you can go in and tell them, you know, I got a horse that's losing weight. What do you think? And uh, they'll they'll tell you, you know, we got this feed that can uh, uh, that they can use. Uh, we got a horse that's uh, in uh, heavy training, pointing towards the Derby. Um, you know, we want to make sure that he stays, uh, you know, uh, healthy uh, through his feed. And uh, they can they can change it as you go along. And the greatest thing about hallway feed is is this: uh, you're in. Uh, Kentucky, Florida, California, uh, Louisiana, New York, uh, Europe, uh, Australia, wherever you're, you're at, they feed. They, they can get your, the feed that you're feeding that horse today can be shipped from anywhere he goes. And uh, you, you can have access to hallway feeds, which is really, which is really good. And so once again, you make that phone call to your feed uh, people in the hallway and you tell them where you're going to be, and then they can start and make an arrangement uh, to know that you're going to be, like, say, in Hot Springs or, or New Orleans, and uh, you can make sure that uh, they've got a dealer there that can get you the feed that you're feeding in Florida. You know, you'll be able to stay, feed the same feed and, uh, you know, at another track or another country. So that, that's what we're, uh, you know, looking at there. Now, mind you, when that journey starts with the owner, He's got to get a trainer, equine transportation, the blacksmith. Um, he's got to do that to feed people that he gets set, set up. And then the uh, next thing that uh, uh, we look at, uh, the owner usually usually has an idea about about the horse that he's going to have. Uh, does he have a homebred and his own farm that he bred? Or does he go to an equine sales? Or does he do a private purchase, you know, through... Uh, you know, an individual that you might uh, know for syndication. But the equine sales are really important because uh, they come up at certain times during the year. And, uh, and let me tell you, you can, you can go in and you can get a horse ready-made in a two-year-old training sale, and you can be, uh, you know, racing in the next 30 days. But the sales uh, and the breeding uh, of a horse that the owner looks at 
uh, is very crucial. And that's kind of down the road, uh, you know, after you uh, um, select, make your selection. And, and then you've got to go from there. But the sales are, are important. You know, and that takes usually the, uh, the trainer and the owner and, and uh, you know, different people to um, get together and say, hey, you know, this looks like a good horse system. And the people that I work for during the garrison, they're very successful. They've had derby winners and a triple crown winner um, in, in their career, and it's been a short-lived career since the, since the uh, early 90s, late 80s. Uh, but um, what you do is you select the horse, and uh, you go out and you ultrasound his lungs and his heart, uh, the tendons, and you see how how thick the, uh, the the tendons are, how thick the heart and the lungs are, and it's quite a process in it. So uh, owners have a lot of things on their mind when they go to get a horse, and, and, it's, a, and it's quite a process. It's just not, oh, he looks good, I'm going to buy him, or his bloodline is good, I'm going to buy him. Because I'll tell you one thing about the horse industry. You can have the best bloodline in the world, and that horse might not run away. He just might not be able to run. You know, if you could breed the best of the best, then you'd have the best. But that's not always how it, how it goes. Uh, Secretariat is a, um, a classic example. Uh, Virginia bred, uh, paid 17500 I think it was, for him. And uh, he came out, and man, did he run, you know, when he was three, when he was two years old, he had um, teeth problems. Uh, he had feed problems. Uh, he had a lot of, um, you know, issues. Um, and they got it straightened out, and then he came back and became one of the greatest horses of all time. And then when he went to the breeding shed, he didn't breed a lot of big stakeholders like you think, you know, that he would produce. Um, so it just goes to show you that breeding does have, have something to do with it but it's not a guarantee. Uh, the price that you pay for a horse doesn't guarantee you're going to win the derby. Um, you can see horses that were very uh, inexpensive. Uh, you can see horses that were very expensive. And they all get in the gate, and, and uh, you don't know who's going to win until they cross that finish. So, uh, you know, that, that's another crucial thing that they do, that the owners have to do. And, and it starts getting like, it just gets massive. And when you're trying to get to the Kentucky Derby, um, you know, I, I've been very fortunate. I, I've been there and I've done that. And I'm telling you what, it, it's a year long of intense, of intense uh, work, uh, thinking, and things that you have to do. I mean, it, it, it's just insane. Uh, every time the phone rings, you want to know if, uh, you know, if that's the vet calling or the farmer, the trainer calling, saying, you know, I, you know, I got a horse that, uh, that's hurt. Uh, you know, uh, your horse is sick. Uh, you know, that, that's always crazy. And, and then here recently in the last year, um, I got involved in, in a syndication and a partnership. And, you know, I here I was uh, getting all excited because he was a two-year-old. Uh, he was on his on the road to the Kentucky Derby. And, and uh, I was excited about that. And I said, well, gee whiz. I said, how they get there 2023 might be the story about me and uh, – in my selection, and then um, the horse comes out and he runs, and, and uh, he wins the first time out, going uh, six furlongs, which uh, was exciting. Um, you know, we were, we knew we had something. So the second time he runs, uh, we run him a, uh, a mile on the sixteenth, and he didn't realize that he had a mile on the sixteenth to run. So uh, when he got to the six furlong mark, he kind of started slowing up, and then the jockey urged him to go on, and uh, he went, uh, went and said he stirred, closing hard on, on, on the third-place finish. So that showed his purpose. And then uh, we get him ready to go up to Keeneland to run. <laughs> and let me tell you, it, it was interesting to see that happen. Uh, he gets up there, and it's uh, raining and cold and muddy and everything, and he's going a, a mile on the 16th, and, and he breaks out of the gate, he, he, he gets behind horses and he hits the head of the stretch and he just takes off and he leaves. Them. So he knew what it was about, but um, you know, over the uh, over his training here over the summer, he had a little bit of, a, of an injury, so uh, uh, he's out for him resting and we're getting him fixed up. So you know, there's a lot of things that go on that they uh, 
that we uh, have to look at there. And so uh, now, you know, we, we come to the time for the owners, they got to start talking about derby preferences. And that's really a, a something that's a, a, you know hard decision to make because you got a lot of races, a lot of states, and very little time. You know, you're looking at the time you decide to run in, in the uh, uh, to go for the Derby, and, and that's the first of November, and that's this weekend, and uh, that's that's where it all starts, and, and the prep races start, you know, right there, um, right at Keeneland and the Breeders' Cup. Every year it's the British Cup Juvenile that starts the Derby Watch. And this year um, it was kind of interesting. Uh, it's you got to have points to win in your end in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, so you've got to build up enough points so that you qualify for the Derby. And, and it's difficult to do because you've got to go uh, all over the country and you've got to make sure that you're running it. Uh, races that are going to be good for your horse, make you some money, and then races that's not going to beat your horses up a lot because it's hard to take a, a five-month period and run against, you know, uh, top-quality horses uh, every month to get into the Kentucky Derby. It's very difficult to do that. Um, you know, so that's why uh, you've got a lot of decisions to make as an owner and a trainer and, and as a team going to the Kentucky Derby. Um, actually, the, the road to the Derby started September 17th at the Iroquois uh, Stake Race. It's uh, a mile and the 16th on the main track on the main track at Churchill Downs, and uh, that that that's when we really start, you know, thinking about you know where are we going to run. And a lot of those horses that are running that race or win that race, you might see again at Churchill, uh, and you could see them in the Derby, but it, it's awful tough on a young horse for September to come around and, and, you know, you start throwing them in there with grade one stake race horses. Uh, then, then right after that, um, it's October 1st is the Champagne Stakes at Aqueduct. That's a mile um, that they go. Uh, again, you're in uh, the grade one, uh, you know, uh, level, and it's going to be tough, you know. Uh, you got to decide what races you run in and, Certainly, you're not going to run in the air course and then go to the Champagne, you know, because you're just looking at the, you know, approximately two weeks of quarter. So, again, uh, this road to the Derby, you know, you have to spread out. And then we come back October 8th um, for the Breeders' Futurity at Kingman. That's going a mile on the 16th on, on the main track there. And, and it's another test of, of how, how you get there, you know, what it's going to be like to, you know, run, you know, get your horse ready for the Derby. And if you can do that, then it, uh, if you win the British Cup Futurity, the Air Corps, or the Champagne, you really have to start seriously thinking about what is going to be my next move. Where am I going to go with the horse um, to get him there? You know that uh, back in the fall, if you're going to run into Kentucky Derby, you got three or four more races that you can put into him before that first Saturday in May. And you got to be very careful where you, where you run and how often you run it. Uh, again, on October 8th, there's an American Feral. It's in Santa Anita. It's going a mile and a 16 uh, on the main track. So now uh, that you have those little prep races to get them ready, uh, a lot of times you can uh, run those races and then uh, kind of maybe ease back on the training for the rest of the fall, getting ready, start getting ready in December and January to you know, run in the derby and get those three or four uh, races under your belt before that first Saturday at night. So that was the American Federal at Santa Anita for the mile on the 16th. And now we come to tomorrow. Tomorrow is the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. It's going a mile on the 16th. It's a $2 million purse in November 4th. And that's getting you ready for uh, the Kentucky Derby. That's the points. These are all races that you earn points in. And, and it's kind of ironic that most of the horses that have won um, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile have gone on to run maybe in the Kentucky Derby that never, you know, they're, they're, they finish way back. Uh, you know, there's just that jinx about if you win the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, become two-year-old of the year, uh, you know, next thing you know, uh, you get to Churchill Downs and where'd that horse go that I had back in November at the Breeders' Cup? 
you know, you're searching all over for it and you can't find it. And that's due in part to the regular tasks that they had to go through and the training schedule they had to go through to, you know, get to that point, to get to the group. Um, you know, when you're growing, when you're a young horse and you're growing and, and you're getting the hang of, uh, you know, racing, you know what it's about. It's kind of taxing on horses. And, you know, it's really tough, you know, to do so. But uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile is a good stepping stone. Um, you see a lot of good horses in there. Uh, you see a lot of a lot of the horses that run second, third, or, you know, down a the track, they come back and they're usually pretty good, um, you know, in the spring for a lot of these uh, three-year-old races that will be coming up for the Derby. Uh, so that's November 4th. November 26th is the next step. And a lot of people like to use the Iroquois and the Kentucky Jockey Club and the Churchill Downs because uh, in the event that your horse makes it to the Kentucky Derby, you've got, you've got one or two races over the track in competition going a mile on the 16th. And that's crucial because the Derby's a mile on the quarter. And in a mile on the quarter, you know, it's a whole different ball game than a mile, mile or a mile on the 16th. Um, you, you race the race different and you train different. So that's, that gives you an advantage to see if your horse can really, um, you know, handle the track and the stretch at Churchill now. Uh, they say at uh, Churchill, and I've seen it happen many times before, if you're running in the Derby or uh, running a stake race, it's over a mile. The first time you go down that stretch at Churchill, that's your horse running. The second time you run down that stretch to finish the race, going a mile and a quarter, that's your bloodline running. So it gives you a good, uh, a good shot at doing something with the horse if he's got one or two races over the track at Churchill. So that, that's always something that you look at with the Air Corps and the Kentucky Jockey Club. And then uh, December 3rd, uh, that's when it uh, kind of ends up the year uh, with the Remsen and Aqueduct, a mile and an eighth on the main track. And then we go to Los Alamitos, December 10th, um, mile and 16th on the mail track. Uh, then we go to the Springboard Mile at Remington, which is a mile on the main track, and then uh, end up the year with the Gunrunner at uh, the Fairgrounds, which is a mile on the 16th on the main track. And if you're going for the Louisiana Derby, that's a great, great re uh, race to run in as the Gunrunner. It's because it gives you a shot at uh, uh, winning a good, uh, you know, good amount of money. And then the other thing is, is that I give you a shot at getting the track and see if your horse likes it, and then you can come back and run in the Louisiana Derby, and, you know, in, in March. And you can do that. And then it all starts off. This is where it comes down to. It's really, really going to be tough. And it's going to be tough because you, you're limited on time. From January 1st to the first Saturday in May, you literally have four months to get your horse ready. You got four months to get your horse ready for the Kentucky Derby, and in that four months' time, you're looking at running a three-year-old maybe three, maybe four times to get to the get to the Derby. Uh, you need to space your horse out, rest him, and not beat him up real bad. So that's very difficult, you know. You, and you have to sit down on paper, and you got to look, and you know how your horse is training, and you talk with your, um, you know, with your trainer. And you start thinking about all the things that you got to do in the next four months. And believe you me, that four months goes by pretty doggone quick. I mean, it goes by quick. And so, you know, you got to look at the tracks that you're going to, and it's just uh, one thing after another. And in that four months' time, you're looking like you could be running an aqueduct, Oakland, Santa Anita, the fairgrounds, Oakland Park, uh, Gulfstream Park, Santa Anita, Tampa Bay, Golden Gate, Turfway. Fairgrounds again, Oakland, Aqueduct, Santa Anita, Gulfstream, Tampa Bay, uh, made in in Dubai. Uh, you're looking at Turkey Park again, Fairgrounds, Sunland Park, um, and for the Sunland Park Derby. Uh, you know, it goes by, 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 and man, you look out. What did I do? Did I burn him up? Is he going to make it? There's two races, three races enough to get him in. You know, getting a good position in the derby. You think? You think maybe? Well, yeah, you hope it is. So there's just so many things, and that's how how you get there to the Kentucky Derby. 
and I know I've been rambling on about this, and you know, I get all excited because this is what I live for, is um, how they get there. And the decision to run in the Kentucky Derby is the greatest thing in the world. You get everybody you sit down at the farm or at the track, and you get everybody, um, you know, ready to uh, to look at it and see what happens. Uh, you know, and you talk to the trainer, the blacksmith, and you talk to everybody. You know, make sure that you've got a lot of eyes and a lot of opinions on it. But um, what we're going to do in our documentary. Uh, that we're going to have. Um, we're going to close the show, um, the decision to run in the Kentucky group. And what we do is we have a uh, Brooklyn Torch fan will, will pull up to the uh, farm. And when they pull up to the farm, uh, we're going to have the owner and the trainer and the jockey and all the people involved with the horse standing at the end of the, at the, end of the barn. And a uh, little girl's going to ask the Brookledge driver, are you taking um, our horse to the Kentucky Derby? And the driver's going to say, yes, we are. We're taking him to the Kentucky Derby. And then the little girl says, how do they get there? And then you go, then you see all this come to life on what we just talked about. And you see the owner, uh, you see the sales, you see the feed, you see the blacksmith, you see all the preferences leading, that he runs in leading up to the Derby. And it's going to be a great, a great documentary. I think and I think it'll be good. And so now that they do, uh, they made the decision to run in the uh, Derby. Then what you do is uh, then all you got to do is watch the Kentucky Derby. And when he gets off that van, we put a little camera on his halter. Uh, they lead him up onto the van at the farm, and uh, you start seeing what the horse sees. Uh, riding, walking up onto the van, riding to the Churchill Downs on the van. And then when he gets off the van, uh, you take a good look uh, at all the people around. The horse sees all the people. And then the horse looks up and sees the twin spires, and he knows he's at the Kentucky Derby. So it's going to be a, a, a very good visual thing type of thing. And I think you'll like it. Uh, we've got a good crew of, of people that have got a lot of, ex of experience that are uh, uh, videographers. Uh, we're going to have a good narrator uh, um, who's got plenty of experience in the horse business, announcing races and, and narrating um, good, good uh, uh, you know, documentaries and live racing and everything. So it's going to be interesting to see. And over the next four, three or four months, we'll be letting you know um, who the announcer will be, the narrator will be. Um, you know, you'll, you'll get you know who the farm is who the trainer is, and you'll know everything about it. So, you know, we look forward to doing that. And every week we'll have a how they get their update on our program. It'll be a little 15-minute uh, segment uh, that we'll do on the program. And uh, we'll do that uh, We'll do that uh, update uh, on the uh, how they get there at uh, 1.45 uh, p.m. Eastern time uh, every every week. Uh, that would be how they get there uh Update so you know you can look forward to uh, tuning in to us. If you can't watch or listen to the whole show, at least uh, you know at 1:45 that update will be there at where we're at and where we're going. And you know? also tomorrow uh, is like I said the Breeders' Cup, and it really, literally, really uh, starts off the uh, how they get their program. This is the one where. Um, we start getting the derby ratings about the horses that are going to be running, and, and we just kind of go from there with it. And it's the FanDuel Breeders' Cup Juvenile presented by the Thurman Alliance Aftercare uh, Program. It's a grade one. It's going a mile and a 16th on the main track at Keeneland there. It's a $2 million race for two-year-old Colts and Gildans. Um, it's not a very big field, folks. Not a very big field. It's a 10-horse field. And it's going to be interesting to see um, how this comes out. Uh, we've got a lot of good people in this race, a lot of good horses. Uh, you know, I, I was really surprised uh, to see uh, the horses that come in uh, to this thing. The four, the four, uh, four to five favorite will be the number uh, three horse, Cave Rock, uh, trained by Juan Hernandez. I mean, trained by Bob Baffert. Written by uh, Juan Hernandez. Um, 
Jan and Ronnie she- uh, Sheffield Racing, uh, Mike Predman are, are the owners on it. So it's they're good good people. They've been there and they've done that before. And uh, Arrogate is one of the uh, it's set many track records. It's, this game right might be, you know, something that's uh, you know that's just going to set up and really, you know, break a track record. Maybe Bob Baffert can do that. But um, the next horse that, that I like in the field. And I think it's the winner. And, and, and I've been around this horse, and, and uh, he's the Todd Pletcher horses, which is the Palm Beach Downs, uh, our Palm Beach Downs facility uh, in the wintertime. It's Forte. It's Irad Ortiz, Todd Pletcher's the trainer. Uh, he's uh, four to one in the morning line, but Repo Stable and uh, St. Elias Stable have, have really. Uh, been on fire this year. They've been winning a lot of races. They've been winning a lot of races. And so I think it, it, those would be the three and the four in there, Forte and K-Rock. And then also um, there's another horse in here that I, I think is, it's going to jump up. And I, I think he, this horse could probably actually uh, uh, win this thing. Uh, Luis Saez, it's a Pletcher horse. Um, it's, uh, it's a nice, nice horse. Yeah, this violence is a sire, and he's got a lot of horses that are that are really starting to run now. They're really starting to show uh, what they can do. Forte is a violent uh, horse. Um, he's really good. Uh, it's it's just amazing to see uh, these horses run. So I think the two Blackers horses might be running right there at, at the end. Now Curly Jack uh, that won the Iroquois back in September 17th is taking a step forward. Um, we're going to Tom Amos uh, trains him. Uh, he's a he's a good trainer. The horse is good. He 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 was really impressive in the Aircoin. But again, you know he he's he's been in the big with the big boys, and he knows what it's all about. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know how how he goes from that point on. Uh, and then there's another race on the card um, that you you. Every now and again, you'll see a horse come out of here. And um, it, what I like about it is it's a it's a good race. Uh, turf racing is a little easier on the horse, but uh, the quality of the horses in the field are just as good. Uh, this is um, for two-year-olds. Uh, you're going a mile on the turf. And there are some nice horses in here. Shouldn't Gay, he's got Battle of Normandy, which is a good horse. And I, I like it. It's a, that's a long shot, but uh, I don't like to get into um, you know long shots or you know talking about the odds on the horses. I just like to get into to the racing. Um, we got a nice horse in Victoria Road. Um, Aiden O'Brien is winning that over uh, from it's an Irish red horse. It's really a nice nice horse. Um, you know, and Aiden O'Brien he, he's a tough trainer. Uh, and then Charlie Appleby has a silver knot. It's uh, Brandon in, in England, um, and that, that looks like he might be the horse to win. Um, so, you know, we're looking at the Victoria Road. Uh, we're looking at the Silver Knot and Battle of Normandy. But the one horse that I tell you I think is going to come around and just totally light the board up. He is going to come around like there's no tomorrow. This horse has not had very much luck in his career. Um, it's a top pleasure horse. It's got Iran Ortiz in the saddle. It's a major dude. He's Kentucky bred. And this horse, I think, is just sitting on top of, uh, on top of a win. I think he's right and ready to go. Uh, he's just unbelievable on, uh, in things that he's doing. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, how he goes. But I think he's sitting on, on top of a, on top of something that could be uh, right there, uh, so that that uh, that's major dude. Marking down, marking down what you think. So, but uh, the whole point of this is is on the turf. A lot of times these uh, and trainers will put a horse on the turf to see how it goes early on in its career. And the reason they do it all early on in the career is they want to uh, be able to make sure that uh, he likes the turf. Uh, or he doesn't like the turf. And if he likes the turf, you might think of a turf career for him. 
Um, if he doesn't like it, then you go back to the dirt. It's easier to go um, from the dirt to the turf than the turf to the dirt. Right, you know, with these horses. And most of these two-year-olds have had uh, starts on the uh, uh, on the dirt. Uh, most of the two-year-old turf horses uh, start out at five furlongs. And uh, you know, uh, this race that uh, you know we're talking about the, the turf. Uh, you're looking at in a race that uh, is pretty uh, pretty good, and, and it's a mile. And so you know, if you can run a mile on the turf, you may have a good shot on the dirt. Uh, you know, uh, down the road. So that, that's why we look at those two-year-olds and remember how they get there. Started um, starts tomorrow. Uh, we'll have a recap of the play of uh, the race, uh, the British Cup Juvenile, uh, and we'll be on um, our, our website tomorrow. We'll have the replay of the race and we'll have commentary uh, being made and evaluation uh, of how the race came out and what uh, the experts think uh, about the um, race and. and you know, what the next step will be uh, with the horse from that point on. Uh, we'll certainly have an interview that we'll be putting up uh, with the trainer and the owners of what the next step will be for the winner of the, uh, uh, you know, of the Breeders' Cup Juvenile tomorrow. And that's how they get there. And it, it will be uh, post time uh, for that race. Uh, will be 5.40 p.m. Eastern. And you'll be able to see it on NBC, um, TVG, uh, You'll be able to see it on a lot of different networks, and you'll be able to watch it live on on uh, IENTV.org at the 540 Memorial Now, the race that we're getting into now, and I'm telling you, I don't care where you're at or what you're doing, tomorrow is the day. This hasn't happened in a long time. You might be looking at one of the best Breeders' Cup. Well, I'll just say one of the best horse races ever. Uh, we have we have some major horses that are getting ready to hook up uh, in the Breeders' Cup Classic. And I'm telling you what, this is going to be a fantastic race that will be here tomorrow. Uh, we're looking at uh, some some really nice nice uh, horses that have traveled all over the world. And I'm telling you, you're going to be surprised when you see it. It's going to be a delight to watch. You'll talk about it. It'll be like watching Secretary. But, you know, we have, uh, starting uh, tomorrow, the post on, uh, um, I mean, November 5th, uh, the, the post time is also for 5.40. And let me tell you, you're looking, getting ready to look at a battle that people are going to be talking about for the rest of their lives. Uh, it's, it's going to be amazing. Enough about that. You get the point. Watch the race. It's the grade one, the Breeders' Cup Classic. It's a $6 million race. It's a long jeans, Breeders' Cup Classic, grade one, post time, 540. And, and this is just unbelievable, the horses that are in it. There's eight horses in it all together. And I'm telling you, folks, this is really going to be something to watch. Uh, the horse that's coming in, it's Flavin Pratt. It's Flight One. From John Sadler. John Sadler's had this horse uh, made a world tour, and um, he is just unbelievable. He's undefeated, and nobody's even been close with him. He accelerates during the race when he hits the the, the last strides. He's just flying. He's literally flying. He's in flight. He's in line. He's flight line. And I'm telling you, he scares everybody he goes, where he goes. Now, it's my opinion tomorrow, and I've seen this, I've seen Flight Line run, run his race. It's my opinion that tomorrow, um, that life is good, a Todd Fletcher trained horse, and Happy Saber, a Todd Fletcher trained horse, will take this horse down. He will take Flight Line down because Flight Line has never seen a horse like Happy Saver, her life is good. I tell you, these two horses just just do not uh, um, compare to any other horses in the country. And if any horse has got a shot at getting flight line, it's one of these two horses. And the reason I say that is, is if life is good, 
is, and I've been around a lot of horses in my day. In my day, I've been in, the, in this business over 40 years. And I tell you what, life is good. Breaks out of the gate quicker than any horse that I've ever seen in my career. This horse is coming out of that gate like they say, shot out of the can. This horse is just phenomenal. And he, it's an eight horse field and he's got the inside post. He's got post number two. Happy Saber is right next to him at post three. Flight line is in four. So you're going to see all three of these horses come out together. And for the first time in a long time, Flight line is going to have to chase somebody. He's going to have to chase him a mile and a quarter. And at the Kingland racetrack, uh, is a great track to be on and the turns are tight and it stretches short. And I'm telling you, when they come out, they're going to have to be racing each other from the get-go. And when that gate breaks, I tell you what, flight line's going to be, have to be right on, on their, uh, on their, uh, hip pocket going through there because life is good. And I said, he is good. He is the best horse I've ever seen come out of a gate. Happy Saver is another horse. He gets excited in there and he is so, um, he is so in, involved in it that, uh, he kind of runs the way the other horses do. And if life is good, flight line, um, come out of the gate and Happy Saver's right there with him, he's going to go with him. And he's got the talent to stay with. Him. And it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. But, um, this, this, like I said, this is also, uh, one of the greatest races that you're ever going to see. It's a uh, Longchamps uh, Breeders' Cup. It's race 11, grade one. Post times at 5:40 from uh, Kingland uh, Racetrack, and you'll be able to see them just about on any uh, network that's going because it's uh, going to be a great uh, television day tomorrow for uh, horse racing and for Saturday. Uh, that's the Breeders' Cup Classic, 5:40 on Saturday, November the 5th. Tune in uh, to IENTV.org. You can watch it live from NBC Sports. You can watch it live there. Uh, it's going to be a great day. But remember, the Cotton Flight Line being the next secretary. And we're going to find out and see if he is. going to find out and see if he really is. Or if life is really good, then Todd Pletcher will win it. And if you're holding back on your horse, then Todd's going to say, Hey, happy saving was worth saving and all. But life is good in the horse industry all the way around. And then one thing I do want to say here real quick that's uh, a, a new phenomenon that's coming around into the um, horse industry. If you want to see what a jockey uh, does uh, and how he sees the race, uh, the British Cup has a VR experience, eyes growth of the sport. They, they're trying out these new uh, things that you put on, uh, um, you know, these goggles that you put on. and uh, you, you, It's like you're right there participating in the sport. And so uh, what's going to be interesting, uh, it's going to be a, uh, a virtual uh, race ride for you, and, and you, can put, uh, you can put those things on, and it's like you're going into the race. And it's going to be... Uh, interesting to see. If you go to Blood Horse, uh, you can uh, click on to uh, the blood, it's blood horse, www.bloodhorse.com. Uh, you can sign up at Blood Horse Daily there. But if, if you want to see how this product works, it's called Watch Ride a VR Race with Team Blood Horse. It, it is one of the greatest things in the world to watch. And so uh, just to click on the button and see us, part of our information on IEN. Uh, we're trying to, uh, you know, get everybody informed. And so remember, uh, tune in, uh, tomorrow, uh, at first race is at, uh, 10.30 a.m. Uh, and, and you'll start to see how they get there. Uh, you can watch it, uh, racing, uh, British Cup Live from Keelan Racecourse in Lexington, Kentucky on, on, uh, Saturday, uh, Friday and Saturday. Or you can call us and ask us or go to our website, ientv.org. Or you can email us at ienequinetv at gmail.com. Or you can call me at 561-466-1272. And we look forward to you tuning in next week. Uh, you'll have our first How They Get There report, who you think is going to be on the way to the Derby. 
and we'll have a recap of uh, Friday and Saturday's races, and uh, we'll have uh, have a great time next week. So thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.